But uh, let's go ahead and move on. Sports, man. We we talked NFL, and we're going to go ahead and bounce over to Orlando in the bubble, man. Let's talk some basketball. So, Topic number one is the Eastern Conference Finals. They are all set. Uh, uh, who, the Raptors and um, what's the other team that lost? The Raptors and... Uh, Oh, the Bucks. That's why you forgot. Uh, (laughs) That's exactly why you forgot. (laughs) The Raptors and the Bucks, they got their flights back home, uh, and now it's set for game one on Tuesday. Uh, Still not decide what time yet. Uh, So what are your guys' predictions for this series? Brooks, I'm going to go ahead and start with you on this, man. Miami versus the Boston Celtics, man. So for, for, for one, I'm glad that Boston is getting a little more extra rest because... Man, that was an exhausting series. Mm-hmm. And they're in for another physical, exhausting series because Miami, they're like they're like the twentieth twenty first century version of the bad boys. Like those guys are gonna get after you. Jimmy Butler, he's not like a, a premier superstar, but he's the best player on that team. He's gonna be able to galvanize those guys, get them to be physical just like he is, get them to play hard. It's gonna be a really fun series. Love it. Um I think for one, I love the fact that Tatum and Jalen Brown were able to close out that game. They were able to be those superstars that you know they are. They're able to lead this team. They're able to outplay Toronto. Like those guys are just growing superstars. I'm excited to see them play. I think Miami takes Game One just because you know not only are they well rested, but I think they're going to be a little more ready to go. I think they're going to be a little more excited. They might come in, like, really anxious, but I think as time goes on, just like anybody, anything else, any other NBA game, they calm down, they figure it out. Jimmy Butler goes for, like, I'll say Jimmy Butler goes for, like, 25 and a slick, like, 16 rebounds. What? Probably has some games they can block at one point. We'll see what happens. What? 16 rebounds? Who do you think he is, man? It's not Russell Westbrook. He's a great, great rebounder forward guard, though. That's why yeah, I said that. 16 rebounds. Look, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and disagree with you here. I think the Celtics are gonna take game one, and I'll tell you why. Because they just made it out of this dog fight, right? And I think that Miami's gonna come into it kind of expecting another Milwaukee. This ain't Milwaukee anymore, man. This is not Giannis anymore. We are talking about Jason Tatum. I think Jason Tatum now needs to be respected more. Like, you know, obviously he's on a better team, right? I think. Would you guys say? I think the Celtics are a better team overall, but For I think sure. I think Jason Tatum yeah. needs to be respected more. I think over Giannis, like maybe even I, I'm not saying he's a better player, but I think as a superstar, he needs to get more respect because he's, he's what 22, 21, super 22 he's years old. 22. He's only 22, and the guy is in his second conference finals already. Uh, you know, had his best players out for the first one, and now, you know, they come back full strength. But the Celtics are going to take game one because I think the the Heat haven't really had real bump yet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they played the number one team in the East, and they played the Pacers, right? They haven't played real bump yet. Like, you're playing an injured Oladipo. You're playing a TJ Warren, who everyone thought was a superstar off of a couple games in the bubble. And don't get me wrong, he was cooking, but, like, they haven't played anybody real yet. This is their first real matchup. I think Jimmy Butler now is going to probably turn back to, like, Minnesota Jimmy. Like, I don't think he's going to play as well as he did in those first two series. But I agree with you that they're the most physical team in the bubble. I think Brad Stevens is going to be ready for that. 
and um, I expect this to go at least at least six games. And um, game one goes to the Celtics. Series goes to the Celtics. What you think, Jalen? Bro, I got to lean with you on this one for real, for real. I think the main reason why is just out of the fact that, you know, first of all, first shout out to Toronto for even making it seven because, like, right. come on, bro. They, I mean, they could have been down 3 0 no and they could have been game. ugly. I mean, ugly. But I think the main reason why, right, is because the, the main thing that we talk about as you get further and further down the rounds in the playoffs is being battle tested. Joe, the first thing you said that hit me straightforward was, yo, the Heat haven't really played anybody yet, Not if yet. you really want to put it into perspective. Because playing Indiana, I mean, it sounded like they were on the verge of firing their coach whether they won this series or not, really. They gave them like a one-year extension, almost like a pension, before the year started. Right. And then when it comes to Milwaukee, the thing with that is, okay, say say Giannis doesn't get injured, right? Either way, you're coming off one of the most emotional teams in the bubble, considering the circumstances that took place with Jacob Blake and then being one of the primary teams leading that whole boycott situation around game five against the Magic. So, so would you say that took them out of it way, a little bit mentally? I, I mean, personally, I, and I, me and Ryan discussed this a little bit. Personally, I feel like it did, but I think the main reason why I lean that way is just because this is a team that, you know, it seemed like they were almost willing to kind of put it all on the shelf as it was. And f closing out the Magic is not hard. No offense to them. They have guys across that team that I respect. Jonathan Isaac was out, and I feel like that would have maybe changed things a little bit in terms of it being more competitive. But closing out the Magic seemed like, you know, easy work. But then when you go against a team like Miami, you, you can't come into that series half-hearted. You can't come into that series with your mind half in it and half out. You got to be full go. Because like Jimmy Butler said, business trip only once they pulled up to the bubble. So with that being the case, they took on two teams. It almost reminds me of like, you guys remember all the excuses made um, – against the Golden State Warriors when they went on their first run and they faced, it seemed like throughout the playoffs, every team they faced, their, the guard was injured. And then, of course, they get to the finals. Kyrie goes down. Kevin Love goes down. The whole nine. It feels the same way with the Heat, except now you run into Boston and they're strapped. And the only person they're missing is Gordon Hayward, and they're not really worried about that. No offense to Gordon. I think they're going to figure out something. This summer with him, where they either going to restructure in this last year, year or two, or they might end up trading the boy because every extra minute Marcus Smart gets on the court, it seems like this team gets better. So no offense to Gordon, but they kind of they look real solid right now. So no injured guys to worry about, and they strapped, and, they, and they're tested. So I, I got to go with the Celtics. It's going to be close, but I just feel like the Celtics are a lot better and will probably strike first. How you feel? How you feeling about this? Uh, this series. Oh, get right. Yeah, I'm good. Sorry. Um, I think that this series. I said this before on our other podcast, and this is kind of a hot take, but I think Miami's going to the finals. Um, I'm sorry. I have to. I have to. I have to stick with my Miami team. You know, I feel. Yeah, so explain it to you, buddy. I'm in a sense. I, I'm in a sense feeling the heat. You know, I, no pun intended, but like Jimmy Butler is playing his best basketball. And I think when he left Philadelphia, I think he knew something needed to change. And now he's the leader of this young Miami Heat team 
with very few superstars. Very, actually, not, not superstars, but very few veterans on this team. I think the only other veterans are um, Andre Iguodala and Udonis Haslam, who doesn't really yeah, play that Goran, much. Yeah, Dragic, don't forget about him. Yeah, Dragic as well. And that's that's actually where I'm getting to next, because I think his supporting cast with Dragic and Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and Bam Adebayo, this is a great group of young guys. And I know Goran Dragic is a veteran, but... To see a guy who's quietly putting out like twenty and five every night, we can't sleep on a guy like Goran Dragic. Um, I do think the Celtics are battle tested. I think they are going to come into this series ready. Um, Brad Stevens has definitely done a great job coaching this team. The Celtics will probably end up taking Game One, but I can't, I can't be worried. You know, Miami shouldn't be worried at all because Jimmy Butler is here for a business trip, and I think that. He's going to be ready to go. I think. I don't think he's going to have 25 points and 16 rebounds like Brooks said. But I think <laughs> at some point he's going, to, he's going to have a great game. And, you know, he might drop 40 on the Celtics. He might have 25 and 16. But, um, you know what? I have to take Miami, and it's going to be in seven games. Wow. wow. Hey, man, and I don't think anybody should knock you for, for that opinion because – it's very, very likely, man. Obviously, the Celtics did. They are more battle-tested. As I said, they, they haven't had as much bump. However, the one advantage I will give to Miami over um, over Boston is that you got – I think you got more toughness in Miami, right? I think that – I think Jimmy is going to do whatever he can to get – because one thing that Jalen – or that Jason Tatum clearly has shown is that He's a better player when he's not pissed off, when he's calm. And Jimmy Butler's forte is pissing people off. And, you know, the Heat's forte is pissing people off, swiping, fouling. Uh, Pat Riley instilled that in them. You know, we're going to give you those welcome fouls, especially in game one. Shit that's going to carry on throughout the series. You know, it's starting to build up and get more aggressive throughout the series. I think it will probably go seven games, but I can't give it to Miami, man. I got to go with the superstar Jason Tatum, man, I'm I'm literally going just based off of superstar being on because you don't you need a superstar to get to the finals, and I can't say that about Jimmy. I I can't say he's a superstar. I say he's like a he's a growing superstar. He's a star player, but he's not quite there yet. And um, I don't know, man. I just have more trust in that in that team. And overall, you know, I think defensively, uh, both teams are great, but. I give me Marcus Smart and uh, and Kemba and them. Give me them over uh, over Adebayo Crowder. Give me that Celtics team over the Heat. You know, but but like you said, I mean, seven games is very likely, and the Heat are very capable of winning this series. Man, I, I think it's going to be a tough tough matchup. So I think that. I'm my fault, Brian. Uh, no. Okay. Um. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> okay. Um, so I think that if when Giannis leaves the East, because I, I'm going to say when, because I know he's going to leave the East, he's going to go to LA somewhere. Um, he's gonna he's gonna leave, and I think the Celtics will eventually take over the East. Just not this year. I think Jason Tatum is definitely a superstar. Marcus Smart on any given night can score 16 straight points and hit five threes when he's like left wide open by a Toronto defense that just does not even it just keeps leaving him open just keeps leaving him unguarded but you know the Celtics 
the Eastern Conference will belong to the Celtics once again, but I think the Heat have to just they, they they have to close it out. They weren't even slated to make the playoffs this year. That's true. Um, I, they, they weren't they weren't expected to be this far. But go ahead, Brooks. Before we move on, I think we got to give Eric Spoelstra his flowers, man. Because yes. This yes. guy, like, I agree. At the beginning of the decade, we're talking about, oh, this guy is unqualified to be coaching LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade. Takes him to four finals, wins two of them. And then over those next couple of years, like, he's trying to get Dwayne Wade back. He's dealing with all this roster turnover, and he's still able to get these guys to the playoffs. He's still able to get these guys to be the same Miami Heat. And now he has, like, this really great team. He has a really great leader in Jimmy Butler, and to a certain extent, Warren Dragic, uh, Iguodala, you know, Udonis Haslam, still like a player coach, I guess you can call him. This guy can really coach. He's been coaching his ass off this whole decade. We, I, I don't understand why we don't talk about him enough. Uh, you, you know, you, you contend with like the best teams of the world, Nick Nurse now, Popovich, but Eric Spoelstra is definitely up there. I would say on a good night, maybe like a top five coach in the league right now. And yeah, for sure right now, give him his flowers, make sure he's he's loved because this guy is just, he's phenomenal as a coach and he's always gonna be underrated, but right now he doesn't deserve that. I agree with you, Brooks. They tried to play with him like he was David Blatt, man. They tried to treat him like he's like a, nah, man, stop. Eric Spolster is one of the best coaches in the league. And we got to give a lot of credit also to Pat Riley for setting all this up, man. He's able to... This guy, Pat Riley, is like the finesser of all finessers. Like, he can talk a player into his team better than anybody. Dude, what's that noise? There's a lot of background noise. I don't think it's from me. Y'all hear it? I have no idea where that's coming from. Sounds like Yeah, I hear that too. Uh, is it like a fan pointing on one of your cameras? No, that's not me. All right, now it's gone. All right, okay. perfect. All right. So, yeah, I mean, definitely Pat Riley deserves his flowers as well as Eric Spolster, man. The Miami, I was watching an interview, right, with Chris Bosh and J.J. Reddick. Shout out to the J.J. Reddick podcast, one of the best yeah, player man, podcasts. I love it, man. It's it's one of the best player podcasts that that's out there. Not to mention every other player is doing fucking podcasts now. It's beautiful. Like no one's gonna go to ESPN anymore when you got all the smoke podcasts. You know what I mean? So definitely shout out to these player podcasts. Um, but I was listening to JJ interview Chris Bosh, right? And Chris Bosh was saying it's that Heat culture, man. It's the same shit that brought LeBron there. It's the same shit that kept D Wade there for all those years. The same thing that has now brought all these guys together, Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic, uh, you know, the complimentary pieces they got, like uh, like uh, Crowder and all them. It's the heat culture, right? It's the thing that Udonis Haslam, I think, is also... It's like, for Miami, it's it's Alonzo Mourning, Pat Riley, uh, Udonis, and eventually D-Wade at some point. But uh, that's it's that Miami culture, and they're able to kind of mentor all the guys in the team to the point where it's like... They're winning off of not, they're winning off of chemistry and not talent. You know what I mean. So I think that bodes very well for them moving forward. Big facts. So y'all got any, any any other thoughts on this series? I do. 
and I'm, I don't want to keep on talking about it, but um, it, I think Dwayne Wade being able to lure Jimmy Butler to Miami too is one of the biggest things too because they were, you know, they were obviously teammates in Chicago, and Dwayne Wade being able to like advocate for Miami, being able to advocate for like the, as you call it the Heat culture, like being able to get guys to be in Miami because let's face it, Miami, great town, great people, beautiful people, matter of fact. Like, why wouldn't you want to be over there when you have a gritty culture and a gritty team, you know, just fun people around you? So, I mean, I don't know. I might be leaning towards Brian's way, but I think the Celtics still have it. Yeah, they're... All right, so we'll go ahead and move on to the other conference, man. Let's go to the West. Uh, tonight's game is Lakers and Rockets, the main event. It's the only NBA playoff game on tonight. And the Rockets are looking like they're, they are on the brink of elimination, but it's looking like they got nothing left in the tank. Uh, the house guy who had the COVID tester in his hotel, even though he had a beautiful family, by the way, you know, to have fun with that child support. But damn, man, it, 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 this Rockets have no wind left in their sails, man. I'm going to go ahead and pass this off to, to Jalen in a second, but one thing I want to say is this, man. James Harden is the biggest fraud in the NBA, man. He is the fraudiest superstar in the entire NBA. James, bro, I'm, I'm. It's got. It's getting to a point now where I can't. I can't trust him in a game. Like I think at this point, I'll feel more comfortable with Eric Gordon down the stretch of a Rockets playoff game. That's how bad Harden has been, man. That's how bad Harden has been. Man. Give, give. You know what? Give it to Austin Rivers, man. Let, let Austin Rivers go get himself a buddy. Because James Harden, oh, bro, this guy is a fraud, bro. It's it's insane. Why I'm not trying to sound like like a like too much of a hater here. I'm not trying to be on those skip shit, but but holy shit, like let's Jaylen, look at the, Jaylen, Go ahead, go ahead. And before before mind. I pass it off to you, bro, look at look at all look at his resume, man. He has these big games where he's supposed to go off. You you had no Russell Westbrook in that OKC series. Pat Bev took Russell Westbrook out. He played like some shit. You got uh you got 2016. Um I think they were playing the the I forget. I think they were playing the Warriors first first round of Steph Curry's uh, MVP season unanimous, right? You go out there no Steph and you lose in 5? How? How do you do that? And then you keep you keep moving forward every year it's something else. You got that Spurs series when it's game 6, you need to have the biggest game of your life. I think Kawhi is not even playing in this game. LaMarcus Aldridge is the best player. And you lose by 30, and you have 10 turnovers and, like, two made field goals. The last game James Harden played, you're trying to avoid this 3-1 deficit. And you score two field goals, bruh? Really? Come on, man. Jalen, man. How, 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 how are you, you going to defend this man, man? I want to hear this. Bro, like the like the video, bro. They they bring in, in the collab, bro. They bring in all types of nonsense. Oh man, <laughs> Jordan is a fraud. This fraud. man, Play Ryan, got it. He's going Play to the fraud. finals. This man, Ryan. This man, Ryan saved his. He saved that that Giannis to LA tape just for y'all. It, like the video, man, because they they tripping. Let, let, let's 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 do it this way, bro. When it comes to this series specifically, right? First of all, 
the problem with James Harden, I feel like all postseason has really been that we haven't really seen him go off yet. It's weird. He got a lot of flat, uh, a lot of flack for not playing defense, and then makes one of his, I guess, bigger plays defensively with the block on Lou Dort. Then having the uh, the wherewithal to jump over the Beautiful ball, wing back, which was extremely stupid on Dort's part. I would have just tried to launch another shot up, but that's neither here nor there. Whatever. But <laughs> I think the biggest thing about all of this, really, right, is we we're coming at we're coming at James, and I get it. Last game, not good. Two field goals, most of his time, most of his time spent at the line. That's not gonna get it done. But when are we gonna point the finger at Russ? Like, no, when are we gonna? No, when are we no. gonna? Hey man, They're scapegoats, so, man. Joe, Joe, let me, Joe, let me ask you this because this is my guy. So I don't even like doing this. I don't even, I don't even like coming at this man disrespectful like this. But let's keep it a buck. Game two, Rondo had his neck the whole game. And he did, and Rondo didn't even play that crazy. Ten points, nine assists. He had who's next? Yeah, really Westbrook got, I think or Harden? One or two three point. Uh, I think he had one or two three pointers. Game three was kind of where Rondo kind of ate a little bit, and that's where things kind of came into fruition on his end with the twenty points. Game four, kind of a little bit of the same thing. I mean, granted, Russ dropped his thirty, and you know that kind of kept things rolling for them. But the issue is the uh, is the decision making down the stretch. Those last five minutes of the game, they're having issues figuring out who the hell is gonna close. And I get it. I get it. The first thing that anybody would say, because this is where I lean with you, is why does James Harden not have the ball? Right? Why is he not the main one initiating the clo- uh, uh, initiating um, the uh, the offense down the stretch? We could say the same thing about how it went um, against the Thunder. In terms of Russ driving in, passing it back uh, to Robert Covington, turning the ball, almost giving the game away. Look, all I'm saying is that in a, a your turn, my turn offense, they have to figure out who that guy is going to be. We know it's James Harden. We know it should be James Harden. Are they treating it like that? That's that's the only thing that is kind of worries me with that is because Russ is the hardest player in the league, to me, in terms of playing at 110% every night, controlling the pace of the game, being the guy who steps up down the stretch to give them buckets. But sometimes, bro, you need to know who you are and who else is on your team. I think James Harden living at the free throw line isn't going to get it done. But you got to throw that man the pill. Like, give that man the pill. Because at the end of the day, even if he doesn't convert with the three-pointers and all that stuff, we know we're going to see him at the line 20 times. Right. And that stuff helps with closing the game, too. I, look, fraud is strong. I, I got questions about him. I do. I got questions about James. But fraud, though, bro, I don't know. I'll tell you, he, I'll tell you why I say that, though. twisted. Let, let me explain why I call him a fraud, right? Because the NBA in the regular season, it's a place for the fans. You understand? Like it's it's like the NBA in the regular season is for Sports Center. It's for the fans. It's for it's for the even for the players, man. Honestly, I think some of these guys go out there and think more about like the the benefits of being an NBA player instead of winning a championship. Like we've seen it with Melo, where he chose the money and he chose the lifestyle over the championship. So. I just don't want that to be like James Harden's situation, but that's what it's looking like. You know, obviously take it at face value, but there was reports that he lost a game like uh, some some years ago and then went directly to the strip club and just 
balled out at the strip club way harder than he balled out in the actual playoff game. So come on, bro. And, and why I call him a fraud is because this man is dropping 40, 50, 60 in the regular season at ease. You, but that kind of game, and I know it's like hella, it's like an outdated, I think a lot of old heads like to say this, this kind of play won't win a championship, but will it? It really, like, it doesn't seem like it. And I'm not saying he needs to be taking the last shot every time, like in terms of him being like, you know, what I'm saying, like, oh, give it to Eric Gordon, give it to uh, to Austin Rivers. I'm saying, like, have the ball in your hands and make a decision because there's times where this motherfucker is, like, not even involved in the play. Like, he's running to the corner and just watching whoever. Like, before Russell Westbrook, it was like you got fucking Chandler Parsons taking the last shot in some of these games, man. Like, James Harden, I feel like he's just so uninvolved in big moments, man. Like, he plays great in game one, in game two, but once you start getting towards the five and six, and you know, starts to slow down more turnovers, and you really start to see how exposed his game is in the playoffs because the playoffs, you can't play hero ball, man. It's slow, slower than what it usually is, so he's not going to get 50 and 60 in the playoffs. I think his career high in the playoffs is like in the 40s, right? And his average in the regular season is like 35, right? So it's a significant drop-off in the playoffs, which like the playoffs as opposed to the regular season is for legacy. That's for where guys careers are really cemented like being a great player is James Harden a great player probably but is he going to be in the top of my is he going to be in the top of my mind is he going to be in the top of my mind when I'm thinking like top five ten players of the last decade I don't know bro I think he's like the most talented offensive player uh, outside of Kevin Durant I think Kevin Durant is still the best offensive player in the NBA like when healthy but but bro like what is what is this guy doing? Ten turnovers, two made field goals, bro. Like, give me give me one gamer, bro. Give me one of those. Why don't you dribble through your legs and get four point plays in the playoffs? Why don't you drop sixty in the playoffs? That's why I'm saying he's a fraud because he can go out there and get a sixty point triple double in the regular season, but when it comes down to it, when they need him, you know what? Like when we look at a game like tonight, what are most people gonna say? James Harden needs to drop like forty points. 50 point like motherfuckers are saying that right like that's a a, a common narrative so I and, and I don't want to sound like a casual here you know what I'm saying like I know a lot of casuals would be quick to say like oh man you know just because he's in the play not nah, it's because of how long he hasn't been doing in the playoffs this motherfucker is like a decade in bruh almost damn near a decade in and I know he's a lot of people's favorite players and they're gonna kill me in the comments man I'm not a casual I promise I watch these fucking games and I look at these stats and, and I I'm I have reference for everything. Anybody that want to question it, James Harden has habitually come up small in big playoff games, but then when the regular season rolls around, he's a dog. He's a fucking every single night doing some wild stat line, scoring 50 points. He broke Michael Jordan's record for 30 point whatever this then the third, but as soon as he comes to the playoffs, he gets embarrassed. Let me say this. I think ever since he got elbowed by Ron Artest in 2012, <laughs> I think that was the start of it, right? <laughs> for real, for real, bro. Because uh... even during the playoff run, bro, he was fraud in the finals. He didn't, he didn't do anything in the finals oh, that year. God. Like, it's been bad, bro. To be fair, I'm not holding, I'm not holding that bad finals against Harden because he was hella young. You got two other guys taking more shots. James, or I mean, uh, Kevin Durant, you know, was 
basically, you know, using up most of the of their possessions and whatnot. But I I don't hold that against them. They're playing against LeBron and D Wade. They they had no the fact they even won a game was impressive. So I give them props for that. But that's fair. When you come to when you come to fucking like even you're gonna get outplayed by Damian Lillard in his second year, and you're a and you're a superstar player, bro. Like, stop it with that, man. This guy, this guy, James Harden, to me is like, he's a magician in the playoffs, bro. Because he he does his famous disappearing act in the biggest moments. He just poof, abracadabra, gone. No fucking James Harden to be seen. Like you got, you got Russell Westbrook taking the shot, bro. He's he's doing the same and. I think Russell Westbrook and Mike D'Antoni are scapegoats, in my opinion. I think it's easy to to turn the other cheek when it comes to a James Harden performance this year because ah, uh, you know, they're they're trying to stay with the Mike D'Antoni system. Ah, uh, James or Russell Westbrook, rightfully so. Russell Westbrook plays horribly down the stretch with those turnovers, missed shots, and whatnot. So if you're James Harden and you know that, get the ball out of his hands. Say you know what? Say say this. Say hey. Give me the fucking ball. Give me the ball. I don't even have to shoot. I don't have to shoot the ball, but I let me make the decision. Let me make the decision. And James Harden's a great passer. He doesn't have to shoot it. He just has to decision make. And he's not decision making. This shit's crazy to me. I think you got to be like Michael Michael Porter Jr. and try to blame everybody else. Oh, for my, game my God. Times. But <laughs> let me say this. Let me say this. It's it, like it's. We keep on bashing James Harden, which is very, very qualified. But I also think the fact that you're trying to you're doing this this quote unquote micro ball, right? And you're trying to just like play small. You're trying to just try to uh, ostracize ostracize everybody if you're Mike D'Antoni. Like Mike D'Antoni's system, the way he wants to coach and play, it's just not going to work. And it's it's just as much of an indictment on him as it is on James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, Jaden, I agree with you, bro. This guy. He is just as much of a fraud as as, Jordan, as James Harden is because you don't want him. You don't want him. like he's not a championship. Y'all are different over here, bro. Y'all are different. I didn't strike for this. I didn't come strike for this. Listen Whoa. though, he's we keep on saying he's not a championship level point guard, and we keep on seeing it. KD leaves, and you think it's because of Russell Westbrook, like this. Paul George Russell, leaves. Russell's a fraud. He's a fraud. Because he's a fraud. losing in the finals. He wants to keep on rapping to Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard destroys him. He breaks up the bad boys. Like, this is crazy. This is just like an imperfect team. And this is why I was so worried about them at the beginning of the season. Because I'm like, for one, how do you, who gets the ball? And then for two, who closes out a game? Because you don't trust James Harden. Russell Westbrook isn't a championship level point guard. This Rockets team is just very, very flawed. Mm-hmm. And I I get the fact that they're both super fun players to watch. They're both walking triple doubles, but Amazing they're players. just for a good backcourt of the future. They're not the OKC Thunder from 2012, where you're thinking this team is going to be able to be a Finals team for every year. Nah, that's not them, bro. Like that's when not I them. when I think of Russell Westbrook, or I mean of James Harden, man, I I almost want to compare him to somebody like Charles Barkley, but I can't even do that. You know why? Because Charles Barkley had dominant playoff games, dominant, right? Like. I would say like Harden hasn't even reached that plateau yet. Let's get Ryan in on here. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan man, what are your thoughts on oh, this, bro? Man. T- give us your give us your opinion Jill. on on this Harden fraud take. Jalen, Jalen, treat this like WWE and give me the hot tag, please. <laughs> oh man, bro. Um, 
James Harden's a James Harden is a fraud. Dang. Um, I, I'll give you I'll give you credit because that was a lot to um, that was a lot to unpack there. Um, Russell Westbrook has shown in the playoffs he cannot make a lot of good shots when it comes down to it. I can remember specifically. Uh, I think it was his first year after Kevin Durant left. I think it was Game Five. He only made five threes. He made. I think he made. He went like five of twenty three from beyond the arc and, made, and shot like forty times. It was nuts. Yeah, that shooting. I didn't go in. I remember that game very vividly. And just remember that Russell Westbrook cannot come in clutch at certain points in the game. This just. This is insane. Harden's a fraud. Oh, I don't know, man. Uh, the, the, the evidence is there, but Damn Harden's it, a fraud. I think I think you broke Jalen. Like a stat sheet's how James Harden, whenever he's in the stripper city, like a good a good strip club city, he always performs badly. <laughs> and every time he's not in somewhere, he, like he drops like sixty points, right? Now he's in Orlando. There's no bubble. There's like you're in the bubble. You have no distractions. And this guy is still being a fraud. This is flagrant so, foul three, flagrant foul four for the way he's performing. He's not getting it done, and I'm tired of it. He needs okay. It done. This is this, this is where I will agree with you. This is where I agree with you. He's playing a Lakers team that's basically LeBron and Anthony Davis. I'm not counting, you know, Danny Green, KCP, Caruso, Dwight Howard as part of this. Team because this is LeBron AD. It's the LeBron James Lakers, bro. Playmakers on this team, and the fact that they, the fact that they beat the Blazers in five games when I thought that the Blazers were going to win seven. You know, I kudos them. But this is going to end up being the same series that's going to take them to the Western Conference Finals, where the LeBron and AD will carry the Lakers to the Western Conference Finals in five games tonight. They're ending to, tonight. Yes, to be. Now, now moving to the Rockets, the flip side. I thought there was going to be some chemistry on this team, and yes, I was wrong. I think Russell Westbrook needs to step up more, but we cannot put this on James Harden. Just solely James Harden. I know that the two field goals that he made in the two goal, the two field goals that he made. Obviously, that's suspect. Russell Westbrook's playoff history is suspect. Mike D'Antoni as a coach in the playoffs is suspect. Exactly. But you got to share the wealth in terms of the blame because this is not just falling on James Harden. I think that you know the circumstances could be differently if he if he was if he was or if this was a road game and he was playing at the Staples Center. Yeah, you probably expect him to drop fifty and grab thirteen rebounds and have eight assists. But he's in Orlando with no fans, and you know he's not having a great game. But he's not having a lot of great games. But Man, to say James Harden is a fraud in the postseason, yes. In the regular season, I mean, he's up for MVP. Oh, no, 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 no. Hey, I never question his regular season play ever. Yes. He's he's probably, him and LeBron in my eyes might, well, LeBron not so much, but I think Russell or James Harden is one of the greatest players in the regular season ever. Ever, you yes. know, in terms of like entertainment value, production, and stuff like that, and even wins, right? He took a team with no Chris Paul last year all the way to like the the, the top spots. But let's not ignore the like. If you tell me, right, or if I tell you, let's say you don't know who I'm talking about, and I say 
This guy is the best offensive player in the NBA by a good margin. Would you expect him to go out there and score twice? You would expect him to go out there and score some more, right? And not be a magician. Yes. That's what that's what I'm trying yes, to tell I agree. you guys. Well and and like I, I sort of see where you're coming from with that take, and it's not the hottest take I've heard. I've made some pretty bad takes myself. I mean, you cast Jalen. I defended the New York Knicks at one point. But, oh. um, man, the, James Harden is one of the most unguardable players of all time. And, yes, I do expect a lot from him coming into those playoffs. But he's facing LeBron and AD. And, honestly, I thought I thought he would be able to get it done in this series. And I might have to roll with you on this take because – Yes, I do believe Harden deserves some of the blame, but you got to share the wealth and some of the Definitely. blame because, again, Harden deserves blame. Westbrook deserves blame. Dan Tony deserves a lot of the blame. I don't know what this. Yeah, I don't know what this team is. I don't, I don't know what this team is doing right now. This is not the same team that I saw in the uh, in the quarterfinals against the Thunder. Hey, Jalen, I know you look hurt, bro. Say, bro. You look hurt, Dang, bro. Dang, bro. You guys are wild. Okay, all right. So this is, this is what uh, I'm going to concede, right? Okay, because this, uh, is, this, is this is the off-camera conversation I've had uh, with my pops and some homies a couple of times beforehand. Again, I don't know if I can lean fraud, but I, I understand all the logic of it because the difference between regular season and postseason is where the, the magician tag is coming from. And I completely understand that. And I feel like the main thing is probably the argument that we're having really is similar to what I feel like we had with Peyton Manning throughout his career similarly. Now, the championship part of it is what changes this conversation. Same thing for him. The issue was Peyton Manning... Well, yes, too, right, and obviously that's what I mean. In terms of James Harden, I'm saying that changes the conversation automatically. But the conversation we had with Peyton Manning was the year you have 43 touchdowns and nine interceptions, you got to get it. You got to get it done. You got to be able to roll out there and, and, and finish the job, basically. One of the most dynamic offenses in the league, and this is something he was kind of known for back even when he had guys like Marvin Harrison and Adrian James in the backfield for the Colts. This is a guy who, during the regular season, can put up numbers. Come AFC first round, AFC second round, wasn't even really getting to the the, the conference finals or, I guess, like the conference uh, championship game that frequently. The issue was, when is he going to get over the hump? 